0: It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN on this Tuesday morning. A chilly one if you're in the east, a pretty mild one if you're in the west, as we have another big uh, gradient going on today. Scott Foster here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan. And Susan Littlefield is also here with us. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. morning. So, uh, what do you got going on today? Well,
1: we're going to take a look at LB974 for those folks that have been closely watching what happens uh, property tax-wise. That is the bill that is going to be in a hearing tomorrow with the Revenue Committee. And so we're going to find out more from Steve Nelson as I talk to him about this bill and what the future percentage cuts are talking about to our property tax. So some very good Uh, positive information headed our way. The Nebraska State Dairy Association Convention is quickly approaching, and so is the crowning of a new dairy princess. Alex will be bringing us an update as to what we can see, and they are seeking some dairy princess candidates, so this might be your opportunity if you want to uh, wear the crown and promote agriculture and specifically the dairy industry. And then at 117, we continue our Women in Ag series. Shaley talks with Maggie McKellen about her involvement
0: in the industry. All right, very good. Well, I probably will skip the uh, Dairy Princess pageant myself, anyway.
1: Really? I could see you wearing a tiara.
0: Well, we won't talk about that. All right, thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. hmm <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just keep it that way, all right? Let's just keep it that way. Thank you. That's the voice of Jason Jorgensen. And H- how uh,
2: tall would you actually be if you
0: had a tiara on? Oh, <laughs> well, w- once I put my heels on. You yeah. know, you're looking at seven foot. So So... Horrible image. All right. uh, So, uh, what do we got? We got some Husker men's basketball tonight. We do. Also,
2: the uh, Husker Sports Information Department, they're rolling out new offensive coordinator and receivers coach, uh, Mr. Lubick, who was on Sports Nightly last night. And uh, we'll have some of his comments about what he had to say. He's joining forces with Scott Frost Mm -hmm. again after those two coached together out in Oregon 2013, 14, and 15 when Scott Frost was the offensive coordinator and Matt Lubick. He was the receivers coach.
0: I wonder, are they? Is there any discussion yet about who's going to make play, call plays, and stuff like that? Is it so? Well, I think number seven
2: will still be calling the plays. Yeah, I figured it's Uh, Lubick's job just is to uh, suggest and to coach the receivers. So that's that's my take on that. Also, speaking of former Husker head coaches, there in the news, Bo Pelini is in the mix to become the next defensive coordinator at LSU. Of course, that's where he was. He helped them win a national title before he came to Lincoln. Although, there's some soap opera into this. It sounds like on his way out, potentially, he's trying to tell the folks at Youngstown State that he wants his brother Carl to be the head
0: coach. <laughs> I don't really know, when you're leaving, how you get to tell your employer who should replace you. But After, it, after really an amazing season where they went to the, the, what their championship, mm-hmm. they've really have kind of no. fallen off since then, yep. haven't they?
2: Also, Bill Callahan, a new offensive line coach with Cleveland.
0: They're just everywhere. Yep. Mike Riley's still in the AFL, somewhere, or the XFL. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Let's turn it
3: over to, to Bob Brogan. How are we doing today? Stock's slipping on this first trading day of the holiday-shortened week. Also, President Donald Trump has told the World Economic Forum in Switzerland he's led a spectacular turnaround of the U.S. economy. Those stories and more coming up in our business report. All right, that is all coming up on Midday.
2: Get ready, Nebraska. Co Wetzel is coming to Red Dirt on the River. Saturday, February 15th at Viero Center Carney. Co Wetzel, along with Cody Canada and the department.
4: And Cody West.
2: Tickets are on sale now at KearneyEvents.net and the box office. Viero Center Carney and 93.1 The River present Co Wetzel
5: at Red Dirt on the River.
0: time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world paul perkins in here you know uh many many years ago growing up in northeast nebraska i always felt (laughs) glad that 20 years ago that i moved down here for a lot of reasons but right now it's just warmer here (laughs) northeast nebraska has just got been cold
5: yeah you know you get they get that cold probably off the minnesota great lakes Mm. and some cold high pressure comes in and yeah, here in the banana belt, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels not like. Not
5: as bad. Uh, yeah, right now you brought up uh, how cold it is in uh, northeast Nebraska. Right now, the wind chill still <laughs> below zero in Norfolk and Columbus at minus two and minus three, but temperatures there are in the low and mid teens on into northeast Nebraska. There you have the coast the coldest temperatures right now across the area
0: but we'll give them this yesterday at this time it was about zero exactly, so those yeah. extra mm-hmm. 12 degrees it probably feels great
5: yeah major heat wave <laughs> underway now Scott if you think it's rough here as uh-huh. far as the cold that we've been experiencing in the last couple of days it's really rough in Florida they have issued a windchill advisory in the northern half of Florida for windchills in the 20s, oh, 20s sh- above zero. Now, usually around here, we get a windchill advisory issue for when it's like 15 to 20 below zero. Right. But in Florida, they get windchill advisories oh, issued oh, for man. 20s above zero for fields like rainings. So Ooh. they're really roughing it down in Florida right now.
0: Frost on the palm trees <laughs> right
5: now, dude. Right now of course our area, across most of our area where you have temperatures in the upper teens to low twenties, basically from North Pont on into central and much of eastern Nebraska and also into central and eastern areas of Kansas. Over southwest Nebraska, though, in northwestern Kansas, northeast Colorado, most of the temperatures upper 20s to low 30s, and also many of those mild arenas on into the Nebraska panhandle. Kimball continues to be that warm spot right now with the temperature of 46 degrees. but That compares to 28 as you head towards the Alliance area. Our temperatures today, central and east areas, slightly warmer, but still colder than normal thanks to the parting dome of cold high pressure. Western areas milder near that warm front. We will see a disturbance increase our chances for a wintry mix later today through tonight over southwest, central, and eastern Nebraska on into northern Kansas. We do have that, uh, of course, bad weather across uh, moving into the region today. Don't be surprised if you get wind of a winter weather advisory getting issued later today. That light wintry mix of snow, freezing rain, and possibly some sleet expected to begin late this afternoon, linger through the day tomorrow. Could result in a light glaze of ice on the roads. Also, snow accumulations maybe up to two inches. Those highest amounts though to the southeast of the Tri Cities. Now we may be seeing some signs of this system starting to organize over the eastern Nebraska panhandle into northeast Colorado. Right now, towards Oshkosh and just west of Holyoke, maybe the possibility of a few flurries floating around there. Otherwise, our skies will clear in the west for tomorrow and that wintry mix will linger in the east. A second and colder disturbance will impact mainly central and east areas tomorrow evening through Thursday. Moisture with this system will be limited, but we could see an additional inch of snow. Overall, these two systems not going to be major, maybe just some slick travel conditions later tonight into tomorrow morning, and then with another system as we head towards uh, tomorrow night into Thursday. Otherwise, we're going to see those temperatures gradually get above freezing. For all of us, dry conditions with a warming trend really start to arrive for this weekend as the ridge of high pressure starts to slide east. Next week on Monday or Tuesday, another week disturbance could bring us another chance for a wintry precipitation. In our long-term forecast, chances remain pretty good. Especially early on, the Nebraska and Kansas temperatures will be warmer than normal Sunday through the first three days of February. Above-normal precipitation is likely Sunday through February 3rd for Nebraska and Kansas. That higher chance of precipitation with that system early next week that looks to be passing to our south. Weather factors driving the markets include heavy rain delaying the soybean harvest in Brazil and prospects of a new winter storm in the southern plains. Cold high pressure over the Midwest will reach the Atlantic seaboard by the middle of the week. As that high moves offshore, previously frigid conditions will be replaced by milder air. Precipitation, most of it will rain, will develop around midweek across the central and southern plains. That late week, precipitation spreading east across the Mississippi Valley to the east coast. Five-day rain totals could reach about one to two inches or more from the western Gulf Coast into the mid-Atlantic while late-week snow blankets parts of the Midwest and Northeast. In the southern plains, improving soil moisture and no major cold is currently favoring the overwintering wheat. Forecast models, though, predict active weather over the next week that includes the potential for a major winter storm in major livestock areas. In the Midwest, saturated soils from this last weekend's snow and ice are expected to lead to plenty delays this spring unless drier weather develops. Soft red winter wheat, though, not expected to sustain any damage from the recent cold. In north and central Brazil, heavy rain this next week will disrupt the soybean harvest, which is already behind the pace when compared to a year ago. That delay in the soybean harvest for Brazil will hinder the planting of second crop corn, which is now 70% of the total Brazil corn crop
0: okay all right hard to even think about crops right now but uh, it won't be long
5: exactly yeah and yeah, possibly some delays in the midwest because the soils are so saturated yeah. right now and they're not expecting any real dry weather or warming pattern coming up but most of the nation actually are going to see those above normal temperatures in the six to 14 day outlook so maybe some good news for them then
0: Rivers and canals running high again still. So, because you know, that, that goes along with that saturated soil.
5: I'm exactly, sure. so, yeah.
0: All right. Very good. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, where you go check in on your weather?
5: Weather tab, krvn.com.
1: Learning more about LB-974 and its effects on Nebraska. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Nebraska Farm Bureau President Steve Nelson talks about LB974 and what it means to those in agriculture.
6: This is one of the first opportunities we've had to make some uh, significant changes to the tax system in the state of Nebraska, both providing property tax relief to uh, property taxpayers who have have borne uh, more than their share of the burden to fund schools and also to uh, have some reform as it relates to how we fund schools and and setting up the system where uh, every student every school district would get some money from the TOSA formula we think that's very important as well and certainly a fairness issue when it comes to educating uh, the children of the state of Nebraska that certainly each each uh, student each child uh, deserves some uh, a similar type of support from the state so we've taken a good look at this bill and run the numbers we continue to run the numbers to make sure that we understand what it does but we think that this is a significant step in the right direction to uh help property taxpayers in the state of nebraska at the same time of course we would want more we it's we're not different than a lot of folks Uh, when we're looking for something this doesn't do everything that we wish that it did probably doesn't do everything that that we should have but it's again a very good start steps in the right direction and we think particularly that rural senators in the state of nebraska need to be very supportive of this bill
1: when you look at the numbers steve that are associated with this bill lb 974 talking about anywhere from a seven to nine percent in overall property tax for nebraskans but ag owners could see anywhere from 10 to 12 percent reduction in their ag land taxes
6: well, that's right. And if you, if you add that on top of the existing property tax credit fund or program that stays in place, uh, that provides some similar type numbers, this is, this is pretty significant property tax relief. And of course, uh, LB 974 is phased in, uh, over a two to three year period of time. And, and so, uh, we wouldn't see uh, all of that relief uh, in the very first year, but again, it's these are steps in the right direction, uh, moving towards a, a, a more fair-balanced system and bringing equity uh, to how we fund schools in the state of Nebraska. So I think it, it's important to remember that the property tax credit fund does stay in place. Some of the previous legislation that had some similarities to 974 use some or all of that money to fund the the bill uh this year's bill in 974 this is this would be um, using the money that that uh, is uh, available in excess of the budget that uh, that the state of nebraska has and so again this this is uh, provides some significant steps in the right direction
1: What would you like Nebraskans to do in regards to leading up to this revenue committee hearing? Is there somebody they need to contact? Is it their local state senator to say, I really would like you to pay attention to this?
6: Well, that's absolutely true. As we've looked at this, we we believe that this is good for uh, rural Nebraska, as, as I've said before. And the main thing that the people listening need to do is to contact their state senator and let them know that they should support this bill. The hearing is coming up Wednesday. Certainly, uh, if folks want to come in and testify, that would be very important. Comments
1: with Steve Nelson. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network.
0: Time for us to take a look at sports. Here's Jason. Jason. Hey, thanks, Scott.
2: Well, New Nebraska. Offensive coordinator Matt Lubick is ready to get rolling in Lincoln. He was hired on Friday and he gives some of his reasons for being interested in the Huskers. You're very familiar
4: with the tradition and the success they've had. Um, and the other thing, yeah, like like you said, a chance to be with someone, you know, that I've worked with before and, and going into a system that I'm that I'm comfortable with that I, that I've worked in. Uh, that's a big deal. Lubick was a
2: guest last night on the Huskers Sports Network. He and head coach Scott Frost worked together for three years at Oregon from 2013 to 2015 when Frost was the offense coordinator and Lubick was receivers coach. Speaking of coaching, former Nebraska head coach Bo Pelini is in the mix to return to major college coaching, though not as a head coach. Yesterday, footballscoop.com reported that Pellini is in the mix to become the next defensive coordinator at LSU. Of course, he's still the head coach at Youngstown State. This move wouldn't make sense since Pellini served as a defensive coordinator for the Tigers from 2005 to 2007, helping less Miles and the Tigers to a national championship in 2007. The Cleveland Browns are said to be tapping Bill Callahan as their next offensive line coach team plans to hire the 63-year-old who last served as the interim head coach of the Washington Redskins this past year. Callahan's resume also includes stints, of course, as the head coach of the Raiders, as well as the head coach at Nebraska. Rocky star Nolan Arenado isn't happy. He says he feels disrespected after Colorado General Manager Jeff Bridrich acknowledged listening to trade offers for the seven-time Gold Glove winner. Redridge told the Denver Post this week that he expects Aaron Otter to be the team's third baseman this year after discussing potential deals involving the 28-year-old this winter. Five-time All-Star agreed to a $260 million eight-year deal with the Rockies just last February. Hastings College forward Brennan Lavosky is this week's GPAC Men's Basketball Player of the Week. The senior from Fairfield averaged 23 points per game last week and a pair of wins puts the Broncos back in a GPAC tournament contention. He had a career day in the upset win over 17th ranked Mount Marty on Sunday when he scored 34 points. We will have high school basketball action for you tonight on Kemi Country Legends as Lexington will host McCook with the girls game at 545 and the boys game around 730. That is a look at sports or more. Find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm
7: Jason Jorgensen. County Sheriff's Office and Beaver City Fire and Rescue have scaled back large scale search efforts for Larry Hardenbrook. Sheriff Doug Brown.
8: We have suspended all of the large group searches, large area searches. Um, At this point, we do have small teams of two to three people that are going to continue to check outlying buildings within miles of Beaver City. Our efforts are to eventually be able to say that we have checked all of those barns, bins, hay piles, anything else of that nature where somebody could have hid themselves.
7: Hardenbrook of Beaver City was last seen on the evening of January 14th. More than 1300 man hours were contributed to the search by Furnace County law enforcement, fire departments, and EMS crews from Cambridge, Arapahoe, Holbrook, Wilsonville, Oxford, Edison, Beaver City, and Red Willow Western along with Nebraska State Patrol. Officials say a proposed college program would help train future leaders for Nebraska's prisons. The prisons have been struggling with overcrowding, staffing issues, and inmate unrest. The proposed partnership between Peru State College and Tecumseh State Correctional Institute would create new opportunities for criminal justice students interested in work as corrections officers. Students could take internships at the Tecumseh prison while seeking their bachelor's degrees and could move into jobs as sergeants or case managers upon graduation. State prisons director Scott Frakes said the program would be the first of its kind in the country. A woman who fell off a bridge while stargazing has been transferred from a Lincoln hospital to one in Omaha. Lindsay Kroger of rural Lincoln had gone with five other people to the bridge about two miles southeast of Waverly to look at the sky early Sunday morning. Authorities say she leaned back, thinking there was a support piece behind her, but instead fell 27 feet to the ice below. She was flown to a Lincoln hospital and then sent Monday to the Omaha facility. A small earthquake has been reported in southern Kansas. A magnitude 4.5 quake struck near Hutchinson shortly after 1 p.m. Sunday. No damage was immediately reported. The Hutchinson News reports that the earthquake happened near where several others have happened in Reno County. Kansas began seeing a spike in earthquakes in 2014 that were blamed on wastewater injection wells from oil and gas production. The number of quakes began tapering off after oil prices dropped and regulations were enacted. I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Covering agriculture is a big commitment.
9: When KRVN takes you on the road for agriculture, you might hear us reporting across town, across the country, or across the ocean. We think our equally committed on-the-road sponsors, the Nebraska Corn Board, Nebraska Land National Bank,
1: and the Nebraska Soybean Board, powering our Ag News travel aboard the KRVN soy biodiesel pickup.
9: On the road for agriculture.
10: Because it's a big story. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network and I'm joined on the phone today by Chris Bosquet. He's the executive director of the Nebraska State Dairy Association. Joining us with all of the details about the upcoming Nebraska Dairy Convention and details on how you can become a dairy princess. Chris, thanks so much for joining us.
4: Hey, thanks for having me.
10: Let's first talk about um, the upcoming Dairy Convention which is going to be held the 25th of February. Tell us a little bit more about this.
4: Yeah, the, the Nebraska Dairy Dairy convention, uh, will be February 25th this year, uh, in Columbus, Nebraska at the Ramada Inn. Um, and it's really a good opportunity for dairy farmers and industry people to come together and, and network and, uh, share their successes and their struggles throughout the past year. So, uh, we're going to utilize this opportunity to have some educational sessions and uh, also some good uh, informative sessions on what to do with the NFCA and, uh, and also educate our, our women in the industry uh, with a Dairy Girl Network event. So, and then uh, the evening we'll cap off the, the event with a uh, keynote speaker, Trent Luce, uh, as well as our banquet meal awards, and uh, we can't forget our princess coronation.
10: Um, do folks need to get registered in order to attend this?
4: Yeah, you know, if uh, if, if allied members or industry people would like to attend uh, and participate in our event, I would really uh, urge them to go to nebraskamilk.org and look at our membership program. Um, you know, if it, if you sign up at the two star level, uh, that gets you the opportunity to have a booth at our convention and a, a great. Uh, opportunity for you to interact with our members throughout the day so really encourage our allied industry individuals out there that want to get get to this event uh, to go to our website and and learn more about our membership
10: very good a great opportunity and then another opportunity that you briefly mentioned um, is an opportunity to become a dairy princess can you tell us about this contest and and who all is eligible
4: yeah, uh, so our Dairy Princess competition, uh, is, is also going to be taking place during the Nebraska Dairy Convention. And it's a good opportunity for our young, uh, ladies in the industry, uh, to participate. Um, so they must be at least a high school junior up to the years of age of 24. So anywhere from a high school junior to 24 years uh, old can apply and um, you know there are some some rules that uh, our dairy princesses can go by and I really encourage uh, young ladies that are interested in the opportunity to uh, bring dairy to life and educate the consumers to go to our midwestdairy.com website and look for the uh, Nebraska Dairy Princess rules and application to see if you fit there is a scholarship that is also awarded so you uh really uh, highly encourage our young ladies in the industry to check that out and don't miss out on the opportunity to earn a scholarship and and some good uh, skills for the future.
10: And what will she be doing throughout the year then?
4: So throughout the year the Nebraska Dairy Princess will uh, go to uh, a lot of schools and interact with with kids at schools. Uh, She'll also go to events similar to Moo at the Zoo in Omaha where uh, it's one of our biggest events of the year where we uh, communicate with our, our um, consumers in the Omaha area uh, to bring dairy to life to them and, and talk about what it's like to, to be a dairy farmer. So uh, there's also some other opportunities that our uh, dairy princesses will be awarded. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if they are, if, if an individual wants to apply but aren't quite sure, feel free to reach out to me or uh, Jody Pulfer. Uh, and her contact information is on the application on our website.
10: and it looks like that entry deadline is February fifth. Is that correct?
4: That's correct. It's coming up shortly. so uh, make sure you if you're if you're interested to uh, get your application in and and uh, in preparations for the next uh, the next dairy convention.
10: Very good, Chris. And one more time, what's the best place to get all of this information?
4: To get all the information about the Dairy Princess program, go to www.midwestdairy.com uh, and you'll find the application uh, under the the portion for young farmer leaders. And then if you are looking for more information about the Nebraska Dairy Convention, visit www.nebraskamilk.org and uh, you'll find information about Membership and uh, schedule of events and things like that there.
10: All right, Chris, as we round out this conversation, is there anything else coming up that should be on our radar?
4: Yeah, the Nebraska State Dairy Association uh, and its dairy farmer leaders that are our directors of the board, we're going to be going down to the Capitol building and bringing dairy to the Capitol uh, for our annual Dairy Day. And so uh March sixth is when the dairy day will be, and we're going to invite all the senators and uh anybody involved with government down there at the Capitol building uh to come down and enjoy a slice of pizza and and some ice cream on the n s d a uh It's really one of our our great events to get with our our elected officials and let them know uh you know directly what's affecting dairy and uh, what they can do to help us. So it's a great event for us, uh, and it's a good opportunity for the Nebraska State Dairy Association to share the dairy farmer message and to uh, really uh, allow the, the senators to check the pulse of the industry.
10: All right. Thanks so much for the information, Chris. We've been joined by Chris Bosquet. He's the executive director of the Nebraska State Dairy Association. Again, that convention will be held on the 25th of February in Columbus. And the applications for the Nebraska Dairy Princess Contest are due February 5th. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: It is time for our business report here on midday on this Tuesday. And stocks down pretty much across the board. The Asian market spooked by the coronavirus down a lot. The Japanese Nikkei down 216. The Hong Seng in Hong Kong down 787 points. They've lost nearly 3% in the, the in Europe the FTSE down 40 in London and the German DAX index was the only one the outlier they were up uh, by 6 points here in the United States again markets down the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 107 Nasdaq was down is down 34 the S&P down 10 the 10-year yield down a whopping 3% right now and we've got Bob Rogan in here to explain it all
3: Well, stocks are mixed, uh, following up on losses around the world. And as Scott mentioned, uh, there are some deep worries about a virus outbreak in China. Uh, Asian stocks dropped, while European markets also stumbled on those concerns. Uh, Also, there are concerns that the world's second largest economy could be hurt by this uh, coronavirus, and it could uh, hurt tourism Uh, and ultimately economic growth and corporate profits. So we're watching that situation. President Donald Trump in the news, he says that he's led a spectacular turnaround of the U.S. economy and urged the world to invest in America, but had little to say about climate change issues that are the focus of this year's gathering of top business and political leaders in the Swiss Alps. Mr. Trump addressed the annual World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, hours before his historic impeachment trial was to reconvene in the U.S. Senate in Washington, D.C. Also, the President says he'll strongly consider imposing tariffs on European auto imports if the U.S. and European Union can't strike a trade agreement. But President Trump said that he met with Pakistan's leader in Davos and that he expects uh, President Trump, that is, he expects to reach a deal with Europe. He met earlier uh, with the new president of the European Commission. Trump says that they had a very good talk. He did not say if they discussed the U.S. auto uh, threat. So those are some of the issues going on. Meanwhile, I guess that uh, there's also some talk that a uh, kind of a prison preparation program, a corrections training program. This is kind of breaking some new ground for Peru State College, a beautiful campus, beautiful small community in Peru, Nebraska. Uh, They're proposing a college program that would help train future leaders for Nebraska's prisons, and the prisons have been struggling with overcrowding, staffing issues, and inmate unrest. So this is kind of breaking some new ground, and and, uh, There's kind of some excitement out there about this.
0: All right, very good. We'll see what uh, how that it all comes out from that. Thank you, Bob.
11: On with our Women Involved in Agriculture series featuring women involved in the agriculture industry all throughout the month of January. I'm Shaylee Peters joining you now on the Rural Radio Network and our guest today is Maggie McClellan. She's from the Farnham area of Nebraska nominated by Mac McClellan and Maggie it's my understanding you're involved in the industry on a couple of different levels. You have a cattle of your own I know but you also work at uh, your local co-op and so let's get into that in just a little bit first I want your background did you grow up involved in
12: agriculture yes I did I grew up 10 miles south of Curtis and in high school I was always involved in 4-H and FFA I went to college in Fort Collins Colorado for equine science kind of brought me back to the area so let's
11: get into your day today at least on the um, production side of things what does that look like
12: for you Maggie Oh, uh, usually I get up and go water the cattle on stocks, and then I go to work, and I work at Ag Valley Co-op in Maywood, Nebraska, and then I go home and check cows, and that's usually about the run of my normal day for now, and then in the summertime, of course, longer hours, but same thing.
11: You mentioned your full-time job at the co-op, which really gives you a whole uh, nether look or perspective as far as being involved in the industry. So talk more about that, what that work includes, and maybe some of the things you enjoy or uh, do within that role in the industry, Maggie.
12: Yes, they do. I do. I end up talking to, I meet a lot of different farmers in the area. And I'm currently, right now, I build fertilizer and chemicals. And I'm still doing seed. So I order seed and I end up billing the customer for the seed. And it's really interesting to see different farming practices, um, all the different hybrids, and just the general talk with all the farmers to see what they're doing currently and what I could maybe do to improve what I currently do.
11: What's your favorite part of being involved in the ag
12: industry? The cattle. I love my cows.
11: (laughs) and beyond your cows, what are some of the other things that you enjoy about this industry?
12: I enjoy the challenge of it all. I mean, cause there's so many different areas and so much knowledge and it's always changing. It doesn't matter if it's feed, if it's chemical, fertilizer really hasn't changed, but seed and even the farming practices have all changed through the generations. It's it's interesting a good challenge
11: for everybody and for my final question i'll ask you what i have been asking the other women that i've visited with uh why do you think it is so important that women are currently and remain involved in agriculture and what is something maybe you would tell other women who are
12: interested in maybe becoming a
11: part of the industry
12: i basically i'd have to say you can't be afraid of change You have to search out everything, see what you can do different. Change is inevitable. I mean, you basically have to change to stay relevant in the industry, whether it's what you feed or when you calve, really anything. You can't be afraid. You have to embrace it.
11: All right, thank you so much. Our guest today again is Maggie McClellan. She was nominated by Mac McClellan. A reminder, you can find all of our Women in Ag series interviews by visiting ruralradio.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
9: Play Patton on the rural radio network as we talk with John Payton, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this weekend Grain. John, looking here at the grain settlements, a little bit of a mixed day again. Positive for the wheat, though.
8: Yeah, Chicago wheat. Holy smokes! I mean, you really think that that probably that's a good sign? Even with us being down today on the corn and, uh, and the bean side, um, I, I got to think there's got to be some sort of spread. Spreading going on. is why beans are down to fourteen and wheats up twelve. Um, short term here, beans could be weak, but I'm I'm a bull in that market. Longer term, if you get a chance to buy that with a, you know, if you're buying May May contracts sub nine dollars, that that's value in my opinion. I I just don't see the market needing to discount itself that much. So short term here, I think it's kind of a feed grain trade. I'd like to think corn can come with it. It didn't really do it today, but I would bet tomorrow we're, we're going to be higher, especially if the wheat markets run up and, and say, maybe even kiss six bucks on that March contract.
9: And looking at that corn contract, we get December to settle just over the $4 mark, and you've got all the other months just flirting within pennies of that $4 trade.
8: Yeah, and it's dry in Argentina. So that's the, the new other models are showing. We've got uh, you know some problems to think about there. I think corn... Um, you know, no converse- confirmation yet that China booked corn. I think the, the the speculation was that they were just looking around at the market, but um, that's essentially what you're counting on. If you're long right now, either grain in the bin or on the paper, wh- whatever in any facet, like you're going to find yourself on a day where it's up ten, and you're going to be like, "Well, what's up? China bought or something like that." It's, it's going to be very difficult to predict. You kind of have to be in or out, and I think at this point. Um, you know I mean the, the amount they're buying isn't call for a lot, but there's plenty of room for this thing to run on a spec side if if there'd be a problem in Argentina or Brazil. So those are kind of the the weather model The weather events you want to be looking for here uh, we haven't seen a really heavy weather rally, but one time in the last five years in the spring that came in the seventeen eighteen crop year when I think we added close to two hundred thousand contracts to the long side. so there's room for this thing to move I mean for twenty four in the cards it's just it's dependent on what the values of the global markets are.
9: For in terms of those global markets and global currencies specifically, what's your take on the coronavirus and its impact on the markets?
8: Oh, boy. You really put me on the spot, Clay. Holy smokes. Uh, it's, you know, another one of those unforeseen things that I think could hurt demand in the long run. I, I, I think, or I'm sorry, supply in the long run, but it's still, you know, I don't think it's going to gyrate price too much in the near term.
5: And
9: again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago. If you'd like more information or to fia- see their newsletter this week in grain, visit their website, DanielsAgMarketing.com. Again, DanielsAgMarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Keep that risk in mind when- before investing. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
0: And that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com, sponsored by Davinny Motors.
4: Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davini Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to
5: Dodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.